This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. Hey, it's Bartender Journey Podcast number 168. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thank you for listening. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. Well, talking about cocktails, my guest today on the show is Jules Aaron. She wrote this great book, Zen and Tonic, Savory and Fresh Cocktails for the Enlightened Drinker. And it's all about using uh, superfoods and great, great uh, ingredients. All fresh stuff, of course, but extra uh, heavy on the healthy stuff. So, uh, And they're delicious. So we're going to talk to Jules in just a minute. And, of course, her book will be our book of the week. And if you get on over to bartenderjourney.net and find the posting that goes along with this show, number 168, you'll see a link to it, which will bring you on over to Amazon. That's an affiliate link. And uh, if you click through that link, any Amazon link to get on over to Amazon, uh, if you <laughs> click on a link on bartenderjourney.net to go to Amazon, I should say, uh, you'll be helping out the show just a little bit. And uh, whether you buy that book or you buy something else, you'll be helping out. I'd appreciate it. Speaking of books, remember we spoke with Frank Kafka, of the uh, author of the Waldorf Astoria Bar Book, and uh, he was nice enough to send a copy along to give out to one of the listeners. So if you uh, would like a chance to win this book, just get over to bartenderjourney.net and sign up for our email list. So if you go to bartenderjourney.net slash subscribe, you'll see uh, subscribe to our email list, and that'll give you a chance to to uh, enter. And if you're already part of that uh, email list and you want a chance to win anyway, just send me an email. Send me an email at brian at bartenderjourney.net. That's another way to enter. So, uh, yeah, uh, this is a great book, and uh, I'll send you a copy if you're the random winner between now. Let's see. Now is today is... June 16th, 2016, and uh, this contest will end a week from now, June 23rd, 2016, at 11.59 p.m. Uh, Standard Eastern Time, or are we on, you know, Eastern Time? <laughs> I, always get, I always get that confused. So uh, that's for the U.S. only, please, and because uh, I have to ship this book to you, so anywhere in, in the U.S., But uh, if you're not in the U.S., you can still sign up for that email list. And uh, I don't send out a ton of emails, but once in a while, you might get an email from me. Hey, the Taste Talks Food and Drink Awards is still taking nominations in several categories, lots of categories uh, in in the restaurant business and bar business. And one of the categories is Best Food or Beverage. Uh, podcast or a radio show so uh, it would be awesome if you could get over there and vote for the bartender journey podcast in this category you can um, just enter uh, your name and a few uh, things then you can go in and uh, vote for as many or as few categories as you like but uh, you can skip all but that one the the one I just mentioned and uh, if you like or you can nominate your favorite bar and restaurant chef and all these other categories so that would be great if uh, if we could make that happen I'd really appreciate it if you voted for a bartender journey podcast and then they want the email the uh, website address as well so in that in that field there under best radio show or podcast you'd enter bartender journey podcast and then the website bartenderjourney.net that'd be awesome if you if that's confusing if, if i'm not making any sense uh email me and i'll and i'll send you some instructions about how to do it uh, and a link so that's brian at bartenderjourney.net But the link is right up there on bartenderjourney.net on the very first page that you come to, and it'll also be in the posting that goes along with this show. Hey, on the Bartender Journey website, we now have a new page called News, and uh, all kinds of headlines from all around the industry about with news. So uh, you can go to bartenderjourney.net slash news, or on the main page, the podcast page, uh, on the right-hand column, scroll down, and you'll see a few headlines, and uh, you can click through and and read industry news. It's, It's pretty cool. 
Well, it's summertime around here, and the living is not so easy. Lots of events. I was behind the bar for 57, point, no, 56.7 hours last week. Wow. My feet hurt. So uh, I put out a uh, notice on our USBG New York private Facebook page and asked for any suggestions on what to do about that. My feet hurt so much, so uh, I got a few suggestions, and I ordered some shoes, and uh, I ordered two pairs of shoes, and uh, I'm going to, they, they're coming in a day or two, and next week I'll tell you about them, and hopefully they're gonna, hopefully I'm gonna be rave, have rave reviews and tell you that my feet feel so much better, but uh, if you have any suggestions or uh, comments on how to, how to take care of yourself better behind the bar, how to make your feet hurt less, your back hurt less and anything like that um i want to talk about that a bit next week on the show so uh you you can email me or uh brian at bartenderjourney.net or uh you can go to the contact page on on bartenderjourney.net or comment on facebook all right speaking about taking better care of yourself let's talk to jules about her great book zen and tonic hi jules hi thanks for joining me today totally I made us some welcome cocktails. Here's yours. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> well, Jules, thanks so much for being my guest on the show today. Thank you. Your your book is awesome. I love it. Thanks. How'd you get into um, sort of healthy cocktails? Tell us about that. Um, okay. Well, let's see. So um, I've been bartending for 20 years. So um, it's just a testament to the the lifestyle that I, I've always been a, a healthy person. I was always into fitness. Uh-huh. And so... Um, so it started off really as a way for me to manage my own lifestyle. Okay. So how how do I make alcohol a part of my lifestyle? Because it was unavoidable. I was a bartender. And um, I love that lifestyle. But a lot of times, you know, it's it's difficult to... To balance everything, right? To balance it out. Yeah, absolutely. And especially when, um, when I started bartending, uh, you know, craft cocktails were not the norm. Um, I would right. say that that's... That's um, a development that's happened um, mostly in the last 10 years. But if you bartended any time before that, you know, that is definitely not something that happened very often. And even when it did, it was still, um, I I have a very minimalist approach to that sort of thing. I like to use, if you looked at, I had a chance to look at my book, I like to use fresh ingredients and I don't like to have too many of them, you know, so three, four ingredients max. And I yeah. think a, a lot of times um, you, you see these these cocktails, even craft cocktails, that go a little overboard. Yeah, yeah. Taste. I can't tell you how many, uh, if you can see behind me, there's a huge pile of cocktail books there. <laughs> and it's like some of these books I pick up, I'm like, you know what? I will probably never make any one of these drinks in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? It's actually, um, you know, when I, was, when I started this project and I was writing uh, this book originally, I took that into account because even when I look at um, cooking books, for instance, you know, my first, my first instinct is to go through it and I want to see pretty pictures. Um, so that's why my book is very heavy on the pretty pictures. But also, you know, once, you, you know, the, the photo has grabbed your attention, then you look at the recipe and you want to be able to, um, to make it easily and you don't want to get lost in that process um, and so, you know, that was a, a, a driving force for me as well. You know, I want to be able to look at a recipe and be like, oh, okay, I can handle it. I've got 
this and this and I can get that. And so I can do this. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. Well, I have to tell you this story. I was bartending recently and I uh, came up with a cocktail menu that's all, you know, it's all fresh ingredients. It's not as focused on being healthy as yours, but, you know, it's fresh juices and and stuff like that. And uh, one of them has honey syrup in it. and, And the lady's like, this lady's like, Oh, so it's a healthy drink. And she was laughing and laughing. She thought it was the stupidest thing she ever heard of, that an alcoholic drink could be healthy. She couldn't stop laughing long enough for me to even explain the fact that, well, it's a lot healthier than, you know, if I used sour mix out of the soda gun and all, you know, and all. but she... (laughs) She just did not get it. Yes, that's so true because that's probably one of the the biggest thing I go through with my book, you know, because I've got that whole healthy slant on it. I lose so many people in the in the in that first sentence because people have this assumption that healthy can't be good, can't be tasty. Mm. And um and that that's the same with food. Like I'm such a foodie, yeah. but food, you know, can have fresh ingredients and it could be delicious. It doesn't have to have all that uh, greasy, unhealthy uh, ingredients added to it for it to be good, tasty. And, and you f- you feel better after eating it, you know, or drinking yes. it, right? Yeah. And the, there's something about certain ingredients, like uh, cantaloupe, for instance. It's it just like something about it just makes you feel like I just ate something that's really good for me. Right. And and it's the same like with, with drinking. Like I'll tell you, um, you know, people laugh at this, but I won't have a hangover if I'm having something with just natural ingredients without all the, the artificial sugar and artificial sweeteners and sour mixes and all of those ingredients, I think, is what really causes you to have hangovers as opposed to, you know, just um, sweetening something with a, a fresh juice or... Yeah, yeah. Well, I made the uh, peachy melon here with, uh, we got tequila, cantaloupe, peaches, uh, fresh lime juice, and an apricot syrup. Delicious. Sweet. Yeah, all blended up in a blender. <laughs> very good. Here it is. The pictures are very nice, I must say. Yeah, the we spend a lot of time. Uh, I, I found this awesome photographer um, that's... Um, also a bartender. So he had that whole sensibility about oh, it. That's great. And so, um, we had a, a blast working on, on stylizing, styling, uh, these photos. So, um, yeah, I think it turned out great. Yeah. Very good. And I also made the, well, I tried to make the green orchard. Somehow I had the kale in my hand at the supermarket. And when I got home, I, I don't know what happened to it. So oh, no. <laughs> I, I threw, um, but you know what? I threw in there, uh, some, some basil. And uh, it worked out pretty good. Delicious. What What about um? Yeah. What about using uh like herb fresh herbs in the in the juicer? That works out pretty well, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I love doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And again, you know, if you don't have a juicer, you could blend it. Um, so there's ways around. You know, you can muddle most of these things. You know, herbs get muddled pretty well. Um, so you know, you got to use your whatever you've got. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah, I've been I've been struggling a little with uh, how to use herbs in when I'm batching. You know, like I had to do you know mint juleps for 150 people or something on on Derby Day, and like it's a it's um there's a lot of different methods out there, and I haven't really found one that works perfectly for me. Right. Yeah, I think it depends on the recipe too. So I don't know if that there's there's one um, one safe way to just do that. Yeah, especially when working with herbs. And it also depends if you're using fresh herbs. But it, yeah, but it didn't occur to me to t- until today that I wonder if there's a way to do it with uh, with a juicer, you know, where yeah. it might, maybe it might be more convenient and maybe last longer. I don't know. 
It might. Well, I mean, yeah, it depends. Um, are you you trying to? How long are you trying to keep it for? Well, I was just trying to, you know, get all the work done the day before, and you know, and yeah, I yeah, you can definitely yeah juice it and get it ready for, for the next day for yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, you you mentioned uh, organic spirits in the in the uh, book, and uh, you know that's you see a you know a fair amount of organic wines, and and now organic spirits are try, starting to pop up. But do you think there's um, I mean, obviously, there's a sustainability issue and there's, you know, uh, farming practices which are better for the environment than others. But do you think in the final product, does it make a big difference or or not? Well, I think it it comes down to, um, you know, uh, the same way you would choose food that's organic. You know, if you are spending the time and energy to, you know, to go that route, then why wouldn't you do the same with your liquor? Um, so yeah, in that sense, I think it is important to start looking at organic liquors. Um, and you did a, a p- podcast just recently on Casacha, um, and there that there was an organic brand that you were talking with. Yeah, and, no, no yeah. Fogo. Yeah, they're, yeah exactly. they're doing great stuff. And, and it's yeah, I think it makes a huge difference in in the final product. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, yeah, in the final product. But I mean, it's just so great to hear that you know they're powering their tractors with like the leftover, you know, <laughs> alcohol. It's just so cool, and and uh, you know they call it a zero waste facility, which is hard to believe. But you know they trying really hard to to do that, you know, and, and where they are there in the jungle, it's really important. Right. Well, that's amazing. It's amazing, and kudos for them. And um, you know, they're raising the bar for everybody else. So hopefully, people will start paying attention and and uh, rewarding that. Right. Right. What What would you What would you say is the definition of a tonic? Um. So I mean, a tonic. Uh, you know, it's any kind of um, infusion that for me, would add some health benefits. So uh, whether it be um, an herbal infusion of some sort, or I mean, even if you're infusing something with fruits and vegetables, and you turn that into a tonic, it's, it's basically any kind of drink that has that medicinal quality. So yeah, well, you met, you mentioned that your uh, dad would give you a tonic every morning. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So you, yeah, you paid attention to my book. Yeah, <laughs> um, my dad was um, was a, well, he still is a very interesting man, and um, yeah, he was very adamant about just getting me to benefit from as many good things <laughs> food wise as possible. And so yeah, he started my days off. Um, he had like this whole series, I think it was eight weeks. So every week he had a different herbal tonic, um, for me to drink and they were not necessarily very pleasant, but in the end they definitely, um, instilled that sense of, of health in me, you know? So uh, it's, it's definitely a very important aspect in my life these days. Um, so it stayed with me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, the the whole thing with the, you know, the apothecaries using alcohol and, uh, you know, it was all a little vague to me, but I, actually I like the way you explained it. Like it, it it's, it's a way of extracting uh, what's good from the herbs and vegetables and fruit and whatever and, and also preserving it, which I, I never really gave much thought to that. Yes, absolutely. I mean, alcohol is the, is the best way to preserve herbs and spices and um, all the benefits from fruits and vegetables um, in a feasible way. And um, it's also a direct 
form of, you know, infusing that into your into your body. So you know, it's a good it's, delivery system. Yes, it's, it's an excellent delivery system, absolutely. <laughs> um, so you'd come into to these old uh, apothecaries and um, um, you'd you tell the, the bartender um, at the time <laughs> what was ailing you and if it was a headache or, you know, a, a stomach ache, you know, he would... Um, <laughs> Or your wife pull just out left you. A little batch of, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Pull out a little batch of gin infused with all these, you know, uh, herbs and uh, give it to you. Right. <laughs> Whether it be in a shot or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, going back to the organic thing, it's like I, I, there's something else I had no idea of uh, before I read your book. It's uh, the four digit code on, on fruits and on produce can tell you a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. So yeah, you, you, there's um, depending on whether your fruit is organic or not, um, there's a different um, number, series of numbers um, on the label, and that's an easy way for you to identify your your fruits and vegetables. Yeah, so usually you'll see a four-digit code, but if you see right. a five-digit code that starts with eight, that means it's GMO modified, or but if yes. a, or a five-digit code starts with nine, means it's organic. Right. That's pretty cool. It's a, yeah. That's good good information to have. Absolutely, isn't it? Yeah, especially yeah. these days. But then uh, you mentioned that some produce will absorb uh, pesticides more than others. So it's actually more important to um, to go with organic stuff with certain types of produce than others. Right, and I also give a list of those. Um, there's like a, a 12 to 15 list of fruits and vegetables that are better to use as organic uh, as opposed to just uh, regular. Usually it has to do with um, how much exposure the skin has, the skin of the fruit has with, uh, with the environmental um, pollutants. Mm. So um, something that has a thicker skin like bananas or pineapples or papayas, you can still get non-organic and still be okay. But then stuff like strawberries, you should definitely go with an organic source. Yeah, that's great to know because sometimes, you know, you look at that organic stuff and you're like, is this really worth, you know, $2 extra per pound? And then, and so in some cases it is, some cases it isn't. So that's great to know that. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, and then it, you talked about the uh, the pith, which you know, as bartenders, we like avoid that, like the plague, because it's bitter, and you know, you, you don't want that. But uh, turns out it's it's kind of healthy. It is, it's actually a, yes, it's actually very healthy. Um, but again, you know, you you want to take it easy on it because uh, a lot of times it will add a lot of bitterness to your drink. So you know, it's um it's definitely an acquired taste, but it's fun to play around with it, especially if you know your end result is health. Yeah, well, and and there's a lot uh, in the bar community now about you know being sustainable and not throwing away too much stuff. So if you can find a use for that thing that you know nobody wants, uh, you know, if you, <laughs> I mean, or you know, if you can find a good good way to use it and you don't have to throw it away, that's great. Right? Yeah, yeah. I agree. What do you, what can you tell us about edible flowers? I know nothing about it. Never used it in a cocktail, but I, I'd like to use. I'd like to start. Um, well, they're just a lot of fun. Um, they add. I mean, first of all, they're so pretty. Um, so you know, as a garnish, they're just beautiful. But the fact that you can actually enjoy them as part of the drink, as a little bit of um, of garnish that you can chew on, um, is lovely. And it's fun to explore because a lot of times you don't expect the flavor to be what it is. So mm-hmm. a lot of times it has a little peppery taste to it. Um, 
very um, on vegetable-y. So um, I would say some taste a little bit more like radishes, others like lettucey, you know. But uh, so yeah, they're not necessarily um, a sweet garnish, but they can add a little um, something. Some of them add a little citrusy uh, bite to to your drink. Others a little peppery bite. So it's fun. Yeah, and I love the way that you freeze them into ice cubes. Those are gorgeous. Oh yeah, well that's uh, it's just so much fun to do, you know, and it just adds so much um, flavor and um, color to your drinks. And it's so easy to do, you know, so like if you, if you, if you do juice in the morning, why not just put the rest of your, your juice in ice cubes and freeze it and then you can just like enjoy that and even in, in a glass of water, just throw that in and, you know, you've got infused water. Or, you know, um, I talk about infusing vanilla ice cubes and, you know, you can just play around with flavors. Or, you know, if you don't want to dilute your drink too much, you can, you know, add, add an extra shot of whatever your drink is into an ice cube and then just throw that in as in like iced coffee ice cubes. <laughs> Those are That's the fantastic. best thing to do. It's the best. <laughs> I, I told a friend of mine about that, that I make coffee ice cubes for my iced coffee. He was like, that's the best idea ever. I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like the worst is when your your coffee gets diluted. So, yeah. And it, was, a, and it was funny because his, his dad is like a regional manager for Dunkin' Donuts. And I'm like, if you use that, I want a commission, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's really but but the uh, the ice cubes that you you um what do you put like about a third fill it about the th- a third of the way up uh, the ice cold ice cube molds w- uh, with flowers and then add the rest two thirds after it's frozen right yes yes it, it took me a little while to perfect that uh, because at first you just want to throw everything in and just expect it to freeze and uh, it it takes a little bit of maneuvering so yeah it, it definitely helps to to do it in a, in a in a few steps so just go halfway, then, uh, then put in your flour and then go, uh, a, a little way longer. And that way it really freezes in a, in a good way. Yeah. It looks nice. Like, so all the flowers are like really concentrated on one side and, and it looks like, I don't know, you know, it doesn't look sparse. It looks very packed full, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Apparently I've been uh, un- living under a rock and didn't know it cause I had not heard of kombucha until like a month ago. So, but what's the deal with that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> So kombucha is a is a fermented drink. Um, it's uh, basically um, you get this bug that you let sit in sugar, and it kind of ferments from there. Yeah, a bug. <laughs> um, it's a kombucha bug. Sorry, <laughs> so it's not. <laughs> oh, bud. Not- B-U-D. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) And and you just let that ferment and um, it turns into this fizzy drink. And it's just a a fun way to add uh, fizz to your alcohol drinks, alcoholic cocktails, for instance, with added benefits, really. So for me, it's all about how do I increase the health benefits of everything that I touch. So, um, so that was just another element, you know, if you're going to use a fizzy water anyways, whether it be a seltzer or a tonic or, um, ginger beer, you know, right? Carbonate, exactly. A carbonated yeah. uh, drink. Um, ginger beer is an excellent example because you can make yourself a ginger kombucha and then you've got like the, the gingery fizzy quality in this uh, fermented drink that's going to give you those good bacterias that you want mm. from a 
Oh, that, fermented drink. <laughs> that, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, why is it healthy for you? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's the good bacteria in fermented products. That's why all fermented products, whether it be uh, fermented cabbage or like kimchi um, or any other uh, fermented um, foods, they're so good for you because of that um, good, healthy bacteria that they add to, to your system. Ah, beer? <laughs> does that does that count? Not sure. Not sure. Well, cool. So you're still an active bartender, or um, I was until recently, but you know, with the with all this book stuff, book promotion, and all that, I kind of took a a less active role with that. Um, doing a little bit of consulting and um, helping out on um, cocktail drinks for a few places, but right now I'm just um, focusing on the book. I've got another book coming out on vegan cheeses. So working on that. <laughs> How can cheese be vegan? Okay, so here you go. Um, <laughs> vegan cheese is cheese that's non-dairy cheese. It's using, and right now is actually such an incredible time for that sort of thing because of the popularity of almond milks and uh, nut milks in general. And so instead of using a dairy milk, you use uh, a nut milk to create that process, that mm. same uh, uh, process that you would with, for cheese. Oh, okay. Well, I created 50 delicious recipes that are actually pretty convincing for non-vegans as well. <laughs> oh, wow. You have some uh, delicious healthy cocktails along with some vegan cheese. That sounds like exactly, a good evening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jules, uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And uh, it's an awesome book. It's uh, Zen and Tonic. Oh, what about the signature Zen and Tonic drink? We didn't mention that one. Oh, the Zen and Tonic drink. The book yes. is named after. Yes, I know. Yeah. So it's it's a riff on, on the classic gin and tonic, um, infusing it with uh, a few extra elements in there. So <laughs> Yeah, it sounds good. I've, I, I have some of that um, elderflower tonic. It's good. It's Yeah, it's delicious. Yes. So it's Zen and Tonic, Savory and Fresh Cocktails for the Enlightened Drinker. Awesome book. Thank you so much. Thanks for talking to me, and I hope Absolutely. to run into you uh, one of these days. Tales of the Cocktails? I'll going? be there. I'll be there. All right. I'll see you there. All right. Very good, Jules. Okay. Thanks. Bye. So there you have it, Zen and Tonic, Savory and Fresh Cocktails for the Enlightened Drinker by Jules Aaron. Get this book and uh, put something good in your body or the body of your guests. And uh, like I said, you can find links to it up on bartenderjourney.net. That'll bring you on over to Amazon. So we talked a bit about the two cocktails I made uh, just before getting on the line with Jules. And uh, one was the Green Orchard. And uh, I did, you know, this uh, inspired me to get my juicer out, which I never use because it's sort of a pain to clean up, isn't it? But I mean, it actually wasn't as bad as I remembered. So, uh, but she, Jules did inspire me to get my juicer out, which is a good thing. And uh, so this Green Orchard, I did uh, one pear, one green apple. It's supposed to be kale, but like I said in the interview, somehow I forgot it at the supermarket or lost it on the way home or something. I don't know what happened, but uh, I had some basil, so I used that instead, which was really quite good, actually. It had a quarter ounce of, of uh, freshly squeezed lemon juice, and uh, she suggests two ounces of vodka. I actually used uh, gin in there, and then a uh, pear ginger syrup, which was delicious, uh, mixed up. Uh, I used demerara sugar uh, and water one-to-one, -one, and then chopped up a pear and uh, some fresh ginger and let that simmer for about 20 minutes, uh, very low, very low boil for about 20 minutes, and that was uh, that was really good in there. So, uh, so the pear, the apple, and the 
kale or basil or whatever you like, go in the juicer, add that to your shaker, add the lemon juice, uh, your gin or vodka, and the uh, pear syrup, about a quarter, uh, about a half ounce of that pear ginger syrup. Shake that up, and uh, we served it here in a uh, in a big glass without ice, and it's quite delicious. So that's our cocktail of the week. Stand by for our toast. We do a toast every week at the very end of the show. But first, I'll tell you, my name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Barkeep Tips. You can find the Facebook page for Bartender Journey. Just search Facebook for Bartender Journey. And, of course, the website, bartenderjourney.net, for all things Bartender Journey. And uh, remember, you can go to the subscribe page, sign up for the email uh, mailing list, and you'll be entered into a drawing to win the uh, Waldorf Astoria Bar Book. The deadline for that is June 23rd, 2016. I hope you're subscribed to the show so you get the new podcast as soon as they become available. If not, on that same subscribe page that I mentioned, bartenderjourney.net slash subscribe, you can find ways to do that, whether you're on Android or uh, iTunes or whatever, or Apple, whatever. But you're already listening, so hopefully you got that all sorted out. All right, here's our toast. Out with the old, in with the new, cheers to the future and all that we do. Cheers, we'll see you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast. Yeah.